Welcome to the Brentwood Academy podcast. We are a co-educational, independent college preparatory school near Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to nurture and challenge each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the stories, lives, and relationships that make BA such a special place. For more information about BA, visit BrentwoodAcademy.com. Now on to today's episode. Hi, everyone. It's Jennifer Vickery-Smith from the communications team here at Brentwood Academy. I am hosting today's podcast. We are always excited when we get to spend time with one of our alumni. And today we are sitting down with Reed Besh from the class of 2013. Reed has been on an incredibly difficult yet incredibly inspiring journey as he has been battling leukemia for about the past year and a half. Reed's motto is never stop fighting, and that is exactly what he has done. And I'm really excited for you to be able to hear from him today. So here is our conversation with Reed. I know this has been a particularly busy season for you, so thank yes, you so much for thank taking you. Thank you for having time me. to come in and talk mm-hmm. to us. So let's start by going back to high school, Reed. Oh, goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us about some of the things that you were involved with here at Brentwood Academy. Oh, let's see. Uh, I tried to stay out of trouble as much as possible is basically <laughs> what I like to tell my parents. Um, I was a two-sport athlete, so football and basketball were my main things. Uh, I tried out for baseball, didn't quite make it, kind of made it easier for me. I got more time to focus on my studies, which was always a blessing. Um, I was a history guy in high school. I loved every history class I could take. Um, I had long, flowy hair. I was like <laughs> the typical jock is what I kind of called myself. Just, But I, was, I, I claimed that I was nice to everyone. I tried to always make people smile, um, just had a great time, and Honestly, took my studies a little little harder on myself than normal. I wanted to get good grades to get to a good college. So I studied hard, and I made time for friends, but I was definitely all about sports in school. Did Dean ever tell you to cut that flowy hair? You oh, every time. Every time he saw me, it's Mr. Bash is getting close there. And I was like, it's in it's in the guidelines, I promise. And I, it might have been out a few times, and I definitely got written up for it. But I 100% every time he saw me had to mention it. So a football and basketball guy. So yes, did you have particular coaches or those history teachers you mentioned that were particularly impactful in your BA experience? Absolutely. I, I could name... I think every teacher at BA had some sort of impact in my life, which is a true blessing. But some of the ones that stood out were Coach Pittman. I had mm-hmm. him freshman year, uh, Coach Vasquez, sophomore year. You know, having them in my sport of choice and as a history, which was my favorite subject, amazing, amazing people that I just I still talk to today. Um, I know Coach Matthews I talk to still today, and it's awesome just reliving some of those high school moments, but also talking about the future and where to go and how I enjoy this sport or that sport and everything like that. It's been a true blessing. So many alums will talk about that relationship piece Absolutely, yes. of how that's kind of their takeaway from their experience. Mm-hmm. So that's neat to hear you talk about um, that being your experience as well. Correct. Yes, me. Yeah. And so you still keep in contact to them with them today. Absolutely. I, I mean, I know since my 
journey through here, I know I've talked to multiple uh, BA teachers that still, you know, will text me or send little words of encouragement. I know uh, I stopped by Miss Folks was an amazing teacher I had who honestly made me a better speaker. And she all the time will come up and say hi to me and all that. And actually, when I was in the hospital, the first person to come visit was actually Coach Matthews, Coach Elliot, and Bryce. Those were the first three people that came to visit me in the hospital, and it meant a, a ton. So, wow. I love that. <laughs> so you graduated in 2013, yes. and then you went on to Rhodes College. Correct. In yes, Memphis. Ma'am. Yeah. Yes. How did you choose Rhodes? Did you actually go there and play football? I did. Yes, ma'am. So I originally was not going to play football. After the season, I had kind of realized that I was not a D1 athlete when it was okay with me. Um, but I knew, I noticed as time went on during the fall and Christmas, I wasn't ready to give up on sports yet. So I, w- I went to Coach White, and I was like, Coach, is there anything I can do to play? And he was upfront and honest with me. He said, Reed, you probably can't go D1 with how late in the recruiting process it is. However, D2 or D3 is an option if you would like it. I said, yes, sir, let's hop on it. So he actually reached out, and I know some of the coaches reached out to him. I got my highlight tape and gave it to a couple of schools around here, and Swanee University or the University of the South and Rhodes were the two Division three schools that came back and showed interest in me. Uh, so at that point, I had to make a hard decision. Do do I want to continue this for four more years? Because I, I don't quit. So I knew if I was starting, I was going to finish. So did I want to play football for four years, or did I just want to attend and go to school? Mm-hmm. And so it came down between Rhodes College and actually University of Alabama just to go to college. That's I love their football team. I'm a huge Alabama fan. So it came down to those two places. And ultimately, I knew I didn't want to give up on my dream yet, so I went and chose Rhodes College. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you went there, actually played football. Yes, ma'am. Yep, and mm-hmm. got a business degree. Correct. Yes, ma'am. Four years. I have a general business degree and a minor in history. I wanted to major in history, but me, after talking to my mom and actually a few history professors, they recommended to use history as a hobby for me <laughs> since I didn't know what I wanted to do. They were like, unless you know you want to be a teacher or you know specifically get something that can be helpful to your career and career choices. And I was like, okay. So I went and got a business degree. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. So move back to Nashville. Correct. Yes. yes. And this is kind of where this most recent part of the journey where I guess people would say the mud got a little thick after that. Mm -hmm. And that part of the journey um, started, you you were home and kind of take us to that day where um, the process of the diagnosis began. Absolutely. So I moved back home. I found a job right out. I was super excited. I know a lot of people don't find a job right out of college, but I was lucky enough I did. I started it. It wasn't my forever job, um, but it was a job to pay bills. It was a job to save up money so I could get my own apartment. I was ready to move on and conquer the world. I had the best attitude in the world. And then I got asked to do probably the worst thing in my mind, which was help my parents clean out the garage. You know, when you're younger, the worst thing you can do is take a whole weekend to help your parents clean out the garage or mow the yard, do whatever. So... I, I just remember I was like, okay, I'm living at home rent-free for them, and that was a huge thing for me, so absolutely, I'll, I'll help out. Um, I went to pick up a particularly heavy box, and I heard a pop in my hip. And being an athlete, you hear pops all the time when you lift. It's nothing new at all. So when I lifted the box and heard a pop, I just thought, oh, it's you know my body. It'll be fine. But then there was a pain that just kept increasing throughout the day, And probably about dinner time, I noticed, I was like, this is really starting to hurt. I just took a couple Advil and said, let's move on to the next day. Well, about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up from a dead sleep and it was throbbing. I was in pain. It looked inflamed a little bit. So I woke mom up. She took me to the emergency room and they told us that, hey, there's no bone damage, which is good, 
but you probably tore your labrum in your hip. And I'm sitting here going, well, that's the last thing I need right now is a torn labrum. You know, I Mm -hmm. love playing pickup basketball. I love being active. This is going to set me back. So they recommended I follow up with an orthopedic doctor and he'll take care of it. So I followed up with the orthopedic doctor the next week. He said, yeah, you have a torn labrum. Let's do some physical therapy and you should be okay. I didn't make it through the first physical therapy session. The pain was just too intense. I went back to him. I said, Doc, I'm not eating. I'm not sleeping. I can't sit down without pain. Like, what's going on? And he goes, okay. He goes, "Let take a bump, take a breath. It's still going to be okay. Let's let's try to figure this out. He goes, so the option is surgery if you need, if we have to. He goes, but in order to get surgery, you have to get an MRI to prove the tear so that insurance will cover the cost. And I was like, okay. Basically, I don't want to pay this this uh, surgery cost. So yeah, let's go get this MRI done. Mm-hmm. So I go to get the MRI, and it's been about a month since that I lifted that box. We're now into January of 2017. Um, or yeah, 2018. 2018, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah uh, January 2018, I go in for the MRI, and the MRI machine broke. I'm, I'm in the MRI machine, and it's broken. They said, you're not getting any pictures. I'm almost in tears at this point because it's hurting so bad. I'm like, I don't care if you have to get a camera out and take pictures. Let's just get this you're done. You're just ready for answers. Yeah, I, I just yeah. want answers. Let's yeah. go. Um, so I had to wait a whole nother weekend. And finally, January 15th, uh, 2018, I went in, got the MRI done. It was like, finally... I mean, it's still in pain at this point, but I was like, at least I got it done. And not an hour after the MRI, the doctor calls, Reed, your bone marrow looks different. Get some blood work. We'll talk about surgery. I didn't know what bone marrow was at this point. So I was like, did I chip the bone this whole time? Like, oh gosh, like, is it worse on my hip than anything? So I go get blood work done. And at 9 p.m. that evening is when the orthopedic doctor, I, I guarantee you, he did not have to expect to make this phone call, phone call but he called and said, Reed, I don't like giving you bad news, but you have evidence of acute leukemia. Vanderbilt Medical Center is waiting for you. And that's when it started. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, just out of the blue. Truly. Of, truly I mean, there mm-hmm. for a completely different reason and just, I mean, the definition of being blindsided. Absolutely. I completely thought it was my hip. When he first told me, I was like, Doc, this is my hip. I'm. You have the wrong patient. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he kept saying, no, the reason it hurts so bad is cancerous cells are in there causing you not to heal. That's why it hurts so bad. He goes, but in, he said, we've caught it early. That's the good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going to Vanderbilt the next day and the doctor telling me, we've caught this within the first 30 days. They could actually tell from my blood work, hey, it hasn't developed fully yet. We've caught this within 30 days, but you have 85% of your body is cancer cells right now. Wow. It was that fast acting for me. So wow. it was a complete miracle. We always say in my family, it was a God thing. Mm-hmm. Had I not gotten hurt, we never would have gone and got that MRI, and I never would have had a doctor's visit to catch it so quickly. Had your parents not made you move mm. those boxes in the garage. Exactly. <laughs> I give them a bunch of grief for it, but absolutely. I tell them all the time, too, you helped save my life. If we mm. hadn't caught it that early, there's no telling what could have happened. So. Right, right. Yes, ma'am. Wow, so blessing in disguise there. Absolutely. So then you start many, many ma- rounds of chemotherapy. Correct, yes. um, A bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. So a yes, donor ma'am. to thank there, I'm sure. Absolutely, yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. We we don't know who yet. Uh, there's still the HIPAA laws that are involved, but we know it's a 19-year-old international donor. That's all we know so far. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, Certainly something to be grateful for there. Absolutely. Um, And we don't want to go too much longer without certainly saying that um, Rita's in complete remission. Yes, thank you. Praise God there. (laughs) Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about um, from that moment that you were blindsided with this news, going through chemotherapy, um, all of that. um, 
your faith journey through that because mm-hmm. the one thing that everyone has said about you and and all the BA family that's been so supportive of you is how positive you have remained through that and um, as a believer I know we all know that that could only come from the Lord absolutely um when you get blindsided with news like that a lot of people they get emotional they're they don't know what to do for me I had a sense of relief we knew what it was finally. The, the My biggest fear of all time is the fear of the unknown. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to happen. But we finally, when I was diagnosed, had the answer. I knew it was going to be a fight, and I knew it was a fight I might not win. But I knew what it was, and I knew I wasn't going down without that fight. Uh, so for me, immediately, it was a sense of, all right, here we go. It's fight mode. We know what it is now. Um, and I know for a fact I get that from being an athlete. So that as soon as that kicked in, I was like, here comes my competitive side. I want to beat this. But the reason I always remain positive is because my whole life I've been in control is what I like to say. I knew where I was going to college. I, I got to make the decision. I knew I was going to do this. I knew I was going to do that. At that point in time on January 15th, I had no more control. What was going to happen, what was going to happen. I could only control myself and how I reacted. And so I always remember just sitting in that hospital bed, just praying, going, what's next? I don't know. I know you have control. And once I kind of just relinquished control and just said, hey, I'm going to make a nurse smile today, or I'm going to do this little thing to make someone happy or tell a joke or do something like that, it honestly started making me feel better. It started, you know, to see others have joy in such a stressful and traumatic time brought me a lot of joy. I love seeing people smile. I love seeing people have fun with me and, you know, make jokes and stuff. So I heard you wore some silly socks to the chemo treatments and things like that. (laughs) Oh yeah. I have a bunch of silly socks. I always wear silly socks. I think today I actually have my campfire socks on. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I only have silly socks. And so I just knew going forward, I'm, it, it could be my last months. I don't know, but I was going to make them the most enjoyable. And as soon as I figured out that we were beating this thing, I was like, well, part of that has to be because I'm having so much fun with it. I am enjoying life. And I hate that it took something like cancer to make me enjoy life, but I'm so glad it finally happened and I was able to enjoy. Surely you had bad days. Oh, absolutely. In the, <laughs> in the midst of that. Surely you did. What got you through those? Ooh, oh, yeah. Um, Let's see, the bad days, honestly, I think what got me through was not hiding them. A lot of people will try to hide they're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. They're, oh, don't talk, you know, I'm fine, just get over it. I opened up to them. I opened up to my family and just was like, look, I'm having a terrible day. I remember I was on at least three different types of steroids, and they told me your mood's going to change, like that's part of the side effects. And I was like, okay. And the first time it happened, I snapped at my mom, and the first thing she said was, these are the steroids talking, but let it go. Just let it off your chest. And I went into a railing of, how can the first round not work? We're so decided. And I just went off. And at the end of it, I looked back and I said, thank you. You know, I, She showed you grace. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, she, she was so forgiving during this whole thing. Cause I snapped a lot of people, and sometimes I couldn't control it. It was just the medication I was on, or it was me not feeling well that day or whatever. But everyone knew that's not Reed. You know, that's him having his bad moment. And... So that's what I always tell people is if you're having a bad day, you can tell people up front, I'm having a terrible day. Let me get this off my chest real quick. 
And as soon as you release that, you feel so much better, or at least I did. I know that for sure. (laughs) You talked a little bit about it, but um, I love um, how you've shared that you did feel so supported by the VA Mm -hmm. family in in a lot of different ways. I mean, if you go to Twitter and type in your name, it's (laughs) your classmates supporting you and the people who've who've been involved in Team Read through through the journey and the first visitors. And tell me just a little bit about how um, the family just kind of immediately jumped in. I know my Facebook feed was completely... (laughs) Completely filled with people who were um, getting the word out about Mm. your journey and just really asking people to jump in to support in in a variety of ways. That must have meant a lot to you. Oh, it was incredible. Uh, I remember when we first kind of told people immediately, like you said, it was all over Facebook. I mean, classmates I hadn't spoken to since high school just because life has, you know, driven us down different paths, Mm -hmm. different coaches, different uh, graduates with my brother. I mean, there was a host of people that just reached out and just said, hey, we're thinking of you, we're praying for you. And honestly, it was overwhelming at first. I was still trying to figure out what the doctors were saying, but to still get that text or that phone call or that Facebook message going, hey, whatever it is, I know you've got it, we're thinking of you, made me much more humble to see how many people actually reached out. It was incredible. Like you said, I know multiple BAS people came to visit me in the hospital. I can't thank them enough. I remember uh, Miss Lulu Clark, Coach Matthews, Coach White. I mean, everybody that I can think of off the top of my head, Lauren Brooks and Haley Pearson, all of them, they would just surround me in the hospital just because they knew, hey, take his mind off of it for an hour. And that's honestly what you, they did. I mean, talking to me in the hospital for an hour, I wasn't a patient. For an hour, I was Reed Besh again. I was their friend. I was a, a student that they had, and it was incredible to feel that way. I love that. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking back in the fall, you came and spoke to our eighth graders. Yes, and that was so <laughs> kind of you to take the time to do that. And that was in the middle of the fight. Yes. I mean, it yes. really was. <laughs> and one of the things that you talked about was the overwhelming sense of peace mm-hmm. that you had and that how not at one point did you doubt that God had this mm-hmm. and you used a verse in Philippians I believe yes, yes, um, and talked to them about that and and that j- just it was really amazing to hear you talk about the peace and has yes. that been constant through the journey absolutely um like you said there's gonna be days that I can't control and I'm gonna feel down or anything but For me, it was an overwhelming sense of peace. Like I said, once I got the news, I knew what we were fighting against. I knew that I always always equated to this because I'm a sports guy. So I always said if you're a batter and the pitcher hits you, you have so many different options, right? You can walk off the field and quit. Well, that wasn't an option, right? If I quit, I I lost everything. I can get mad at the pitcher and I can charge the mound, but what ultimately does that do? You get ejected. You have no control over the game right there, right? Or you can simply get up and walk down to first base. Mm -hmm. And that's what I knew I was going to do. I was not always happy, but I knew I was going to continue to fight. I was going to continue to play the game. So I I remember I got up, I walked down to first base, and I said, let's keep playing. Let's keep going. And when you just do that, you can't help but always think you let the little things go. I mean... I, I love the hospital, but their hospital food is not always the greatest. <laughs> not where you want to spend a lot of time. <laughs> exactly. You don't always love it, but you know what? I was just thankful that someone was there to help feed mm-hmm. me on the days I didn't feel like eating. Mm-hmm. You know, It was just a, like an overwhelming just calmness of, oh my gosh, someone else is taking care of this for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about getting up and cooking my own food right now when I don't feel good at all. Someone else was helping me. Yeah. And that's that's definitely where the piece came in is you see – 
how God puts different pieces in your life, and you'll realize them at different times. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's talk about what's been taking up so much of your time recently. I yes. mentioned at the beginning <laughs> that this has been a really busy season, mm-hmm. and that's because Reed has been named um, one of the Men of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Correct. So it's congratulations right. to you, you for Thank that. You. Probably not an award, that an honor that a lot of people want to have. <laughs> <laughs> but since it has been bestowed upon you, you wear it very proudly. Thank and you. yes. um, So you've been raising money for uh, many, many weeks now. Mm-hmm. And and what happens is someone um, gets this honor and then they um, very creatively come up with all of these different ways to raise money mm-hmm. for the LLS Society. So um, tell me about some of the things you've been doing. Oh, all kinds of things. I was going to say, anything you can think of, we've tried it. <laughs> I mean, we... We've been doing team read nights at certain restaurants. We've had, we tried to have a concert, but it got rained out. So we're trying different things. Uh, I know we were going to set up a putt putt tournament, and that was supposed to happen until one of the other competitors used the same putt putt location on the uh-oh, same day. Uh-oh. So it gets competitive. It's a fierce battle. It is, absolutely. <laughs> but it's been a true blessing. To you did see. a workout night, Barry's yes, Boot Camp. Yeah, Barry's Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. We did that. Um, I know, uh, mom, like this upcoming week on Wednesday, Kendra Scott, the jewelry store in Green Hills, uh-huh. mom's got her whole uh, Mother's Day, come out and buy something for Mother's Day team read event. And so we, awesome. we've we just been contacting anyone and everyone trying to see if we can get different events or different things raised. It's been well, awesome. Tell me how the BA family can help. Honestly, if we could, uh, donations, anything donated online to uh, the team read campaign goes a long way. We really appreciate that. Honestly, for me, I know it's a a fundraising event, but my biggest thing, too, has just been to get information out there, to get the LLS Society and what they do Mm -hmm. out there. Um, I know they help with all different types of things, but some of the most important for me was they're doing cancer research. So out of 2018 or excuse me, 2017, 2018 year, there was 34 new chemotherapies developed. The LLS was involved in 31 of them. Wow. It was mind-blowing. They said on a good year, a research team will develop one, maybe two new therapies. The LLS did 31 out of 34. That Mm -hmm. is incredible. Um, And then the second thing that really impacted us that we had to see was they do a copay assistance for medication. So for me, I remember one of my medication cost $6,000. Immediately, my parents and I were looking like, I have to be on this for multiple months, maybe years. We don't know yet. This is going to be tough. Well, we reached out to the LLS and they came in and they said, look, we're going to help take care of this. We know you need this medication because it's honestly live or die by this medication. We will help take care of this. We, we have the funds and the ability to do that. That's what we're going to help with. And to see that type of money being spent like that firsthand was truly humbling for us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, they're doing great work, and I'm glad yes, that ma'am. you were able to be a recipient of all of the wonderful yes. things that they are doing. And we're just so happy for you Thank and you. <laughs> um, to see how far you've come. And you truly have been a bright light um, through this journey Thank to so you. many so people much. and just the awareness, like you said, mm-hmm. it's really not necessarily about the dollar amount that mm-hmm. you've personally raised, but you have done an incredible job with the awareness that you're Thank getting you. out yes. there personally. So that's a great thing. So mm-hmm. just know that um, Brentwood Academy is extremely proud of you Thank and, you so much. and that we're just that. praising God with you yes. about the outcome of this mm-hmm. and know that you're going to continue to do well. Thank Thanks you so, so much, much, Reed. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Isn't Reed amazing? I love his positive outlook despite all that he's been going through. If you want to support Reed and his involvement with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, here's the link where you can help. It's bit.ly forward slash team read. That's team R-E-I-D. Thanks for listening. It's always great to hear the wonderful stories, moments, and insights from members of the BA community. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, we want to hear it. Just visit BrentwoodAcademy.com forward slash podcast to submit your episode idea today.